all morning to get yours. They came in this morning. They're all jacked up, pumped. I don't know. They're giving you guys a run for your money, man. They were on fire today, and they got me all cranked up. Don't, don't start acting like you're passing out due to heat exhaustion now because uh, you're going to need to be resuscitated before this service is over. God's got a plan for you today. Amen. If you're here today and you don't own a Bible, if you hold your hand up, the ushers will bring you one. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure everybody's got a copy of the Word of God. And every one of us, remember, let's get in the book. Amen. Study the Word of God. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. You've got to study the Word of God. You've got to break a sweat. When you signed up to become a believer, it takes a little bit more than praying a prayer, putting your name on a little line, going in the back room, praying with somebody, maybe getting dunked in a tank. Hello? Come on now. You, you want more than a T-shirt and a bumper sticker. You, you, you want to have the ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis. You ought to have a life that absolutely humiliates hell. Well, how come I don't? Well, because you're just wearing your T-shirt. Study God's Word. Don't look at me like that now. You look at me that tone of voice. You know, uh, God's given you everything you need pertaining to life and godliness. If you ain't got it, you know the you know the kids with three boys and they all played baseball and you know and and now now they're they're like gifted athletes. Seriously, you, you should go. You should come out to one of the softball come out to one of the softball games and watch the the guys play. But all of them, we got a great team. I mean, we win trophies. We we don't play to have fun unless we're gonna win because winning is fun. So we go out there and we build a team, guys. And some of y'all tried out and you didn't make it. Well, get over it. Practice, you know. But it, it, these guys, these guys are gifted ball players. Now, I remember back in the day when they were doing cartwheels out in the outfield, you know, and they're standing out there and throwing their mid up in the air and watching it come back down the air. It's cute, but after about you know seven years of that, they got to get over that. Hello, you, you know, you might be in position you know that little guy out there you know Stephen when, when he was just six or seven he had the position out in the outfield they had rotated everybody got out there and when the ball finally got out there it, you know yeah it was a fluke if somebody hit one out to the outfield but just you know I can remember them standing there with their mitt on and their hats up and they're looking at the sky watching this ball go and it's like and then they'd run and get it they had the position but there was a season of time that they were missing the ball. Some of y'all been born again, you got the position, but you're still missing the ball. See, the, the point is not just to make it to glory, it, you know, in the sweet by and by. What a wonderful day that will be. But what about the nasty here and now? How about we demonstrate Satan's... How about we know the God life? How about we know what it is to walk in daily victory, demonstrating Satan's defeat on a daily bit? How about that? Amen. Let's go for that. Look at somebody and say, that's what I'm going for. You got your Bible with you today? Let's stand together one more time. We'll make a confession together. Hold your Bible up in there. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Say, I, know not, I not only can, but I will do what it says I can do. I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I will never be the same. Shout it out, never, 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 in Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more big praise. He's worth it. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody shout glory. glory. 
Amen. Just make sure I'm still in the right church. <laughs> you know, what is the Bible that you're living your life on right now? What's the scripture that you are pulling out every day and saying, okay, this, this, this is it? You, you know, unless, unless there's a, you know, a very specific circumstance that changes, but, you know, what's, what's the family uh, life look like for you? What, what's the scripture that you believe in God for? What's the thing that you stand on that gives you foundation to pull on the promises of God? You know, um, you got to have something. You, you got some Bible, right? Starting to scare me. What? I don't have Bible. I got a fortune cookie thing. That we went out to Chinese food one time, and it said I was, you know, I added the words in bed at the end of it, and now I, I've kept that one for years. It's in my wallet. What's the Bible you live in? You know, every, every day, uh, you know, for our, for our family, for me, for my life, Isaiah 32, 18, my people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. That, that, that's what I pull out every day. You know, unless, unless I'm working on something for one of you guys or for the church or we got some weird circumstance, you know, but that's just the one I, I pull on. Every day I get up in the morning, my people. Lord, look at, look at what your word says. It says, my people. Isaiah 43 says, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by that name. Thou art mine. So when you say my people, you're talking about me. Since you're talking about me, well, the rest of this verse is about me. So I just want to thank you right now. that when you say my people, you're talking about me. I am your people. <laughs> that just make me feel good all over. I am his people. My people shall dwell. Shall dwell. The word dwell means to take up residency. To, to, to drive in the stakes. To lengthen the cords. I, I'm going to hang out right here. That God's about ready to describe where I live. My people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation. Guess what? There's peace in my house. Just want to thank you today, Lord, that you said that your people, that's me, are going to dwell and reside in a peaceful habitation. I thank you, God, that today I got more peace and I know what to do with. Great peace have those that love thy law. Nothing shall offend them. The peace that you've developed in my life is greater than any problem that's going to come my way today. So I just thank you for great peace. My people shall dwell in a peaceful habitat, a secure dwelling. I thank you, Lord, that I don't have to worry, fear, fret, or doubt because I've got security knowing that your word's going to produce exactly what it said it would produce in my life. That when I do what you said, you'll produce what you promised every single time. So I just thank you today for the security of knowing that I am in Christ, seated in heavenly places, that all things have been placed under my feet, and according to your word, I live in peace. What's your verse? What, what, what are you pulling up every day? What Bible are you? Look, if the only verse you got is Jesus wept, man, it's going to be ugly today. Right? See, the Bible says, Micah 6, 8, he says, He's shown you, O man, what is good, to walk humbly with your God, you know, to love mercy, to do justly, to walk humbly. God has asked you to walk with him. Amos 3, 3 says, How can two walk together except they be agreed? So in order to walk with God, you've got to be in agreement with God. How are you going to be in agreement with God if you don't know what God said? See, we stand up and say, I am what this says I am. A lot of us ain't got a clue what it says I am. I can do what this says I can do. Well, not only can, but I will do I I'm going to get busy doing what this tells me to do. But you've got to know what this says to do. Well, I think because I don't know, God knows that I don't know. And God's looking at my heart. And he knows my heart. Well, he knows your heart is stupid. Right? We could take turns casting the spirit of dumb off of each other, but it ain't going to help. You know, we've we, we got to get into the Word. See, a lot of people are very frustrated and very irritated that, well, God, your promises aren't working. They're not producing in my life. And, and you know... 
Okay, you know the Holy Ghost fortune cookie things? The, the, bread, the bread thing that you buy at the Bible store and it's got all those little promises in it and you pull it out and you, you read one of those every day? Hey, if you don't have any Bible and you, start there. I, I, I got to beg you, study to get beyond that because I'm going to make fun of you your whole life. But, uh, you know, as a believer, you ought to be a student of God's Word. Right? You're a student of God's Word. You don't just come in and go to church services and think that at the end of the day, that's going to make a huge bunch of difference. Man, I've been in church my whole life. I've got to tell you, some of the most miserable people I've ever met, I met them in church. Yeah, you're all afraid to look around right now, huh? You're, th you're thinking to yourself, I know when they're right there. There they are, they're right there. <laughs> They're sitting right. They're sitting right around. I'm surrounded. Oh my God! I'm surrounded by. <laughs> Some of the most broken, bleeding, disrupted people right in church. Well, how come? Well, because you got you 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 pulled your little thing out of the bread box. Now again, if you ain't got no Bible, start there. But a lot of people, you know, here's one of the scriptures that's in every one of those bread boxes. You pull it. You know, you search. Go buy the. Go to the Bible bookstore. Buy the bread box. Dump them out on the table. Spread them out. You'll find that that it, that this one's in there. It says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, but every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn, for this is the heritage of the children of the living God, saith the Lord. You, you gonna, trust me, that's in every bread box. And people pull that out, put it on the refrigerator, they memorize that verse, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Of course, every weapon that's ever been formed against them does prosper. They can't turn around without getting their hiney handed to them. They are beat up from the street up, they bleed all day, all night, they have special meetings with groups of people to have compassion towards them because they are in such big trouble. But they got that one verse, and they put, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Their families are splitting up. Their finances are going down the drain. Their health is bad. Their mind's screwed up. Everything, everything they touch is falls apart. But they quote, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Well, how come it ain't working? Well, because that's Isaiah 54, 17. You can't have 54.17 without 54.1. Isaiah 54.1 says, Sing, O barren, break forth the singing and cry aloud for more of the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Stretch forth thy curtains, lengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand. You know, you, you got you to gotta get this thing in perspective. God said to a barren woman, someone who does not see the production uh, increase in their life, he said, you sing. Well, she's saying, I don't want to sing. I got every reason not to sing. But God says, sing, break forth into singing, and cry aloud. Why? Because I'm going to change your situation, but you got to do what I say so I can produce what I promised. So there are a lot of people that are just totally frustrated in life because they don't see God doing what he said. But it's not that God isn't doing it. It's that you're not doing what he told you. See, you, you don't understand it. You have a belief system that is contrary to God's Word. There are enemies to your faith. They're in Okay, Let, let's just rattle off a couple of them. Okay, ready? A couple of enemies of your faith. Num one of the biggest enemies of your faith is the second thought. Okay, second thought. Remember uh, Peter walking on the water? Lord, if it's really you, bid me to come. Jesus said, come. He got out of the boat. He began to walk on the water. He began to sink. He cried out. Jesus was there. He got back to the boat. Jesus looks at the guy that just walked on water and says, Oh, ye of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Okay, now, 
realize he got back to the boat. How did he get back to the boat? You think Jesus gave him piggyback? No, no, no. He walked back to the boat. He just walked back to the boat. And then Jesus looks at him and says, Oh, ye of little faith. How can you say little faith to the guy that just walked on water? Well, that word little does not mean puny in stature. It means puny in duration. You had a short burst of faith. Wherefore didst thou doubt? The word doubt, it means second thought. What Jesus really said to him is, hey, man, you did pretty good. You had a short burst of faith. Why would you give it a second thought? What, what, how, what caused you to forget what I said and believe something else? See, that, that second thought can sink your faith. See, doubt is an enemy of your faith. Unbelief is an enemy of your faith. Anger is an enemy of your faith. Worry is an enemy of your faith. Every one of these things are based on fear. Fear is the enemy of your faith. Romans 10, 17 says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We like to say it this way. Faith cometh and cometh and cometh and cometh and cometh and cometh and cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. The more of the word of God you hear, the greater your faith you're going to increase. The more you study God's word, the more your faith is going to grow. Show me a guy with no faith, I'll show you a guy with no word. Show me a guy with great faith, I'll show you a guy with great word. But the laws of faith are really just identical, only in reverse, to the laws of fear. Because fear comes by hearing words that contradict God's word. So fear cometh and cometh and cometh and cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing the word that contradicts the word of God. So you hear something that contradicts God's word and you build a belief system based upon that, you are now motivated by fear. What's the fear? That God won't do what he said. That his promises won't come true. That, that that's not right. That, and you know, here's what's crazy is that anything that's not of faith is of sin. I hope you understand. I didn't make that up. That's Bible. Anything that is not of faith is of sin. What does sin mean? To miss the mark. So anything that's not motivated by faith is going to cause you to be directed towards failure instead of success. How does God bless you? Remember Psalms 115, verse 12. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. God's going to bless you. How does God bless you? Well, it's called the law of first mention. You go back to the Bible to the first place that something's mentioned, you find out how it operates all the way through the book. How does God bless? God put Adam and Eve in the garden and he blessed them and said. So how does God bless? He speaks. God's word is what blesses you. To be blessed means to be positioned to win or succeed in any given situation. So how does God position you to win or succeed? With his word. So if you don't know his word, you don't know how to be positioned to win or succeed. If you don't know what he said, how do you know when you're believing a belief system that's contradictory to what he said? Okay, got to get the lights on now. Some of y'all look at me like, good Lord. I told you, I'm in a good mood. We're just going to flow here for a minute. See, here's what we want for, here's what I want, what Shelby and I, what we pray for, what we're believing for, is that you'll, you'll, you'll rise up to a level that just blows hell wide open. Man, that, that you'll know victory in Jesus. That, 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 that it'll just be crazy. That you'll have the ability like Paul who said in Philippians 4.13, I am ready for an equal to anything that comes my way through Christ is infusing me with an inner strength. 
Paul said, I got what it takes. It don't make no difference what happens. Oh, hear me today. Hear me today. I got what I need no matter what it looks like, smells like, feels like, tastes like. I will walk out the other side victorious. I cannot be defeated. Great peace, Psalms 119, verse 165. Great peace, have those that love thy law, and nothing shall cause them to fall, stumble, fail, or quit. And you can't take me out because you didn't call me in. The doctor says you're going to die. Well, God's word says I will not die but live and declare the goodness of my king. The Bible says in God's word that he would satisfy me with long life. So the question is, am I satisfied yet? Yeah, but the doctor says, oh, yeah, but that's a word that's contradictory to what God said. He said, my son, hearken in my words, listen to my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, for they are life to those that find them, and health to all their flesh. So I'm, I'm going to believe the Bible. But, but the doctor said, right, that's a contradictory belief system, and there's reasoning that causes you to want to warmly embrace what contradicts what God said. It's called the law of first mention. Go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Check it out. We'll put it up here for you. And the serpent was pretty subtle. He said to the woman, Have God said ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden? Look what she said. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, Don't eat that, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. Look what the enemy said to her. The serpent said to the woman, You won't really die. What's the first thing he did? He counterdicted what God said. Look at verse 5. He said, you know what? God knows that in the day that you eat it, your eyes are going to be open. You'll be as God's knowing good and evil. He began to give a reasoning that would allow her the ability to warmly embrace a contradictory to what God said. You're not really going to die. One bet? Well, they didn't die. Well, the word die doesn't mean dead. It means separate. Right? So they were separated from the promise that God had given them in the beginning. How'd that happen? By believing a word that was contradictory to what God said. That's how the enemy messes with you on a daily basis. He brings you thoughts, belief systems, processes of logic that are contrary to what he said, and then it's wrapped with reasoning that causes you to freely and warmly embrace a belief system that's contrary to God's word. You know what's crazy is that a lot of us don't even know what God said, so we don't realize that we're believing a belief system that's contrary to what he said. But then even when we do, okay, let me, let me break it down. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, plans to prosper you, not harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. So God has a plan for your life. So here comes the contradictory thought. Well, God doesn't really have a plan for your life. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, 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 you build a plan for your own life, and God will just bless it. You don't have to, you know, you know how I can prove that you believe this? Because you haven't sat down and talked to God about what his plan is. You know how many people ask me, what do you think God's will is for my life? All that is an indicator that you, obviously you haven't talked to God about his plan. If God who declares the end at the beginning, if God declares the end at the beginning, then you've talked to him about the end, then you wouldn't be so apt to quit in the middle. But because you're willing to quit in the middle, it's obvious you haven't talked to him about what the end is. Oh, come on. I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you. Say, Lord, plans to prosper you. He brought out this morning during offering, God wants you to prosper. Well, we, we just don't really believe in that prosperity thing. So you don't believe in God's plan. I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. I wish, that word wish is pray. The writer said, I'm praying that above, above everything I could be praying for, I could be praying that you'd have 
wisdom. I could be praying that you walk in knowledge. I could be praying that, that you flow in the gifts. No, above everything that I pray, I pray that you prosper. Why? Because to do what God's called you to do is going to take more than what you got. Well, we just believe that we just need enough. I think it's selfish to ask for more than enough. I think it's stupid to settle for just enough. Because enough is never enough to do more for people who ain't got enough. So you've been blessed to be a blessing, but how could you be a blessing unless you be blessed first? So you, you believe a contrary belief system to what God's Word says. God's Word says over and over and over that He wants to prosper you, but you believe, nah, that's really not for me. And then you wrap it with reasoning that makes sense to you. I know my plan is to prosper you, not harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And, okay, let's just talk about the hope of a future. Well, yeah, but you don't know my past. So here comes it. Belief system, contrary to what God said, you wrap it with reasonings that cause it to be, uh, you know, appetizing to you. Whatever it takes to get you to believe it's something that's contrary to the Word of God. So, if you're not in faith, you're in sin, and then you're asking God to put His blessing upon your lack of belief in Him. Oh, we have in church now, whether you like it or not. No, man, we want you in victory. Want you, in fact, you want to know one of the greatest tools that the, that the enemy uses is fear. See, in a lot of, we talk about fear. 365 times in your Bible it says, fear not or be not dismayed or, or you know, only be thou strong and very courageous. You know, 365 suggestions or, or, or connections to not living in fear. Why? Because life every day can be scary. It's not easy to trust God. It's not easy to believe God. It's not easy to walk by faith. It's not easy. Why? Because we've so grown accustomed to being uh, directed and dictated, manipulated by fear. Let, 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 me, let me show you one of the faces of fear that you've got, that you've got to rip off of your life. Okay? Unbelief is a face of fear. Doubt is a face of fear. Anger is one of the faces of fear. You, you know, every time, every time you manifest anger, let me tell you something. You just some fear. Anger is a manifestation of fear. You get mad at your wife. Why? Well, you're losing control. You're afraid, you're afraid things aren't going to go the way that you want, when you want, how you want, as long as you want. So here, here's, here's your response. It's, anger is just fear. But one, of the, one of the faces of fear that, that just plagues the body of Christ, plagues humanity. And we got to break it off. It's called worry. Worry. Some of us are under the impression that that's our role in the family. I'm just a family worrier. That's what I, I, that's what I do. I worry. But worry is wrong. But worry is natural. Well, so is lust. The natural man is not supposed to be in charge. Okay? And worry is not natural. That's just a contrary belief system, too. There's only two fears, two innate fears that are born that man is born with. It's the fear of loud noises and the fear of being dropped. It is not very long till that child grows out of those fears and unlearns those fears. He's not afraid of being dropped because now he's walking. And he's not, uh, he's not afraid of loud noises because now he's the one making them. All other fear is learned. All other fear is learned. And here's the good news. If fear can be learned, it can also be unlearned. But here, here's the problem, though, is that we have, we have wrapped our mind around and, and, and accepted worry as part of the natural routine of life. We worry about everything. And worry is fear-based. 
2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Power is the ability to produce results. Love is the motivation behind what we do. A sound mind is the ability to, to be, you know, to have that disciplined mind that's not allowing the enemy to dictate it. God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. If fear does not come from God, where does it come from? The enemy of God. So you can't be living by fear? Hello, somebody. You, got, you know, to stay connected to the promise of God, to walk in victory, you cannot be manipulated by fear. And worry is fair, faith in the wrong stuff. Matter of fact, worry is meditating the wrong thoughts. That's all it is. It's thinking the wrong stuff. Joshua 1.8 This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. You know what it says? Thou shalt meditate therein day and night, so that you might observe to do all that's written therein. Then you're going to have great success. Then your way is going to be prosperous. Can I submit this thought to you, that what you meditate on is the thing that you're giving permission to increase and prosper in your life? The thing you meditate you know what's funny is a lot of us sit here and we start thinking, we start talking about meditation, and we think, well, meditate? I don't know how to meditate. Yeah, you do. You call it worry. Worry, meditate, same thing. You know, you're, you're supposed to meditate, but you're supposed to meditate God's promises. But instead, you, you meditate the problem. Look, my kids aren't serving God. Look, look at this thing's not going the way it should. Look, 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 look at that thing. Look, look, have you seen the price of gas? Have you seen the, 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 the market's falling? The gas is going up. H have you seen it? We're in crisis. Have you listened to CNN? Did you hear what they said? And we have more faith in what CNN said than what God said. And it makes sense to trust CNN because they're always right. And, you know, and, and they'd never, you know, you, you know, skew anything or pervert any truth. No, they just only broadcast the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help them, God. Hello, somebody. We just end up meditating the wrong thing. And, we call, and it's called worry. It produces worry in your life. You're not supposed to worry. You're not supposed to fret. You're not supposed to not trust God. You're supposed to meditate what he said. You, you want to you you find out what's going on, what, what's keeping you from walking in an incredible victory? It's the fact that you allow yourself to worry about stuff you're not supposed to be worrying about. You know what Jesus had to say about worry? Look at Matthew 6. Jesus, in your Bible, this verse 25, it's in red. Jesus talking now. Jesus said, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life. What did Jesus say to do about worry? Stop it. Knock it off. Why? Because that, that's a form of unbelief. You, you are not living in faith when you are worried. But it only makes sense that, that we be concerned about these things. That's your problem. It makes sense to you to not trust God. It makes sense to you to, to hang on to something that God said, let me have it. See, here's what's funny is that you're trying to do God's job and then expect Him to do yours. And I got news for you, God ain't ever going to come down and do your job. When you do what He said, He'll produce what He promised. But you can't produce what He promised and expect Him to do what He told you to do. Let's talk about your prayer life. 
When do you really pray? When you're really worried. Have you not read James? That says that if you ask in faith, it's coming. But if any man asks without faith, don't let him think he's getting anything. Right? Don't ask without faith. So you get worried, so you start praying. You're wasting your time. Sorry. Y'all look worried now. See, some of you guys are worried about this message on not worrying. What are we going to do if we ain't supposed to worry? Think about it. Think about it for just a minute. We pray because we're worried and then wonder why God don't answer. Because the motivation's wrong. Effective prayer is going into God's presence with God's word, getting to agreement with God on that word. So, you know, it's not effective to say, oh, God, look at the mess we're in. We're going under. Help me, Jesus. That's not effective. My, you, you, it don't even make you feel better. It, it, it just makes stuff worse. And you know what's crazy is we can, we can gather entire family units together to worry with one another. Come, let us worry together. And we have like a worry fest. It's a, it's a concert of fret. And then ask God to do something. He can't. Why? Because it's motivated wrong. You don't pray because you're worried. If you're worried, you, you know what you need to do? If you don't pray in the Spirit, you should hire somebody to pray in the Spirit for you. Serious. You know, the Bible says that you build up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourself in the love of God. How do you keep in the love of God? How do you keep your faith strong? Praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, singing in the Spirit, singing with the understanding, praying in the Spirit, praying with the understanding. Well, well, I can't do it. No, it's not that you can't. It's that you won't. The Bible says we will pray in the Spirit. We will pray. The, when will you? When you want. Well, it's not that easy. Oh, really? So now you have another belief system that's contrary to the Word of God, and you have reasoning that you've wrapped it with, so you could warmly embrace it. You can make it whatever you want, but the fact of the matter is if you want to pray in the Spirit, you can, and if you don't, you won't. If you're not going to, you might want to hire somebody who will do that for you because you need peace. Hello? Philippians 4. Check it out. Philippians 4, start at verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Look at that. Rejoice. Re, joy, s. You lost your joy, so you're going to get re, joy, s. Re, God's favorite prefix. Okay, God's, read your Bible. You'll find out that God's, pra, God's, pra, God's favorite prefix is re, R-E. Rejoice, revive, refresh, renew, restore, re-everything. Okay. A prefix is a grammatical stem added at the beginning of a word to change the meaning of that word. This prefix, re, means to bring back to the original state of. So when you rejoice, you, you are brought back to the original state of joy that you were called and created to be in. Repent. Let's talk about prefixes for just a minute. Repent. Repent and sin no more. Sin means to miss the mark, right? Wander off the trail. Don't wander off the trail anymore. Repent. Repent is two prefixes. Put together to make one word. Re and pent. Re, to bring back to the original, pent is the top, as in pent house. So when you repent, you don't just turn around, you get back up on top again. Life has knocked you off the top. When you repent, you're going to get back up on top. 
where God's called you and created you to walk. What are you doing down there? God says, repent. Get back up here. Get back up on top of this thing. What are you worried about? Stop it. Repent from that. Get back up on top of this thing. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to everybody. The Lord is at hand. Look at verse 6. It's crazy. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. You know what, guys? I got news for you. You can't worry and give thanks. So you got to change that. You can't be in agreement with God's word. You, how, how, do I, how do I pray and, with thanksgiving and worry at the same time? You can't do it. So you got to put a stop to something. Well, how, how do I stop the worry? Can, can I just share with you the easiest way to, 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 to break the back of worry? Worship. Now, now stay right here because we're going to go on. And I'm going to show you something that's just totally cool. But, but how, you know, how do I break the power of worry? You worship. The word worship means to rivet your eyes or attention on someone or something, to sit at one's feet even as a dog sits at his master's hand, licking his, you know, sits at his master's feet, licking his master's hand. It's right there. To worship. It, See, to worry is to do exactly the same thing. To rivet your eyes or attention on someone or something, make it bigger than it really is, and be focused on that thing. That's worry. No, 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 we worship. We, we take our eyes off of that problem and we put them onto the problem solver. See, worship is not a slow song. Worship is a, is a mentality, a lifestyle where, God, you, you're being exalted. You, you, you know, I, I'm going to take my hands off of this thing. I'm going to let you be God. I'm going to let you rule. I'm going to let you reign. I'm going to believe what you said. I'm going to do what Acts 16, 31, the message says. I'm going to put my entire trust on the Master Jesus, live life the way I'm supposed to, and my whole house will do it too. See, be careful for nothing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Your worrying ain't going to change it anyway. Matthew 6, about verse 27 says, you ain't going to add nothing to it. You ain't going to take anything away. Knock it off. Let God be God. In everything, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. So God, I just thank you that right in the middle of this mess, ah, I got your word to stand on. See, there are days, that, hear me, if you knew what goes on around here, you, you know what? It sometimes is mind-blowing, the stuff that we deal with. You know, a few weeks ago, where are we going to have church? Don't know. What's, what's going on with the lease? Couldn't tell you. Looks like we got to move. Where are we going to move to? There ain't nowhere in town. We looked. Where do you take, where do you take somebody and, and have 500 people in room for children's ministry? There's no place there. You're going to have to build it. Where are we going to build it? I guess we should. Got enough money? Nope. Well, I guess we won't. When are we going to do that? When we get more money. How are we going to do that? I don't know. Pray in the Spirit. Well, what about the building thing? What are we going to tell people? I don't know. I ain't going to tell them nothing. I ain't got nothing to say yet. Some of you guys look worried already. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? We're going to go to bed at night. Well, how, how do you sleep? Peacefully. You know, it's like pulling up to a gas station in a Hummer when it's $4 a gallon. People say, my God, you're going to put gas in that thing? Well, Yeah. I mean, isn't it crazy? People say the dumbest things. Oh, I bet you hate putting gas in there. Not as much as I hate pushing it. Man, we tried going to that gas for a while, but my wife got tired. <laughs> 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 
Well, well, don't you don't you care? Isn't it crazy that when you have peace, people assume you don't care? Jesus is on the boat with the guys. The storm comes up. They think they're going to die. They go, go down and wake up Jesus. And they go down and shake Jesus. Read it in your book. It says, Master, don't you care that we perish? Oh, I wish I had written part of the Bible. Wouldn't it have been, wouldn't it have been awesome if, Jesus, do you not care that we perish? If it said, no, not really, good night. <laughs> I, I would have loved that line. I don't even think about it. it. What a stupid thing to ask the guy who's on his way to the cross to die for you. Don't you care? We're so dumb sometimes. We think worrying's okay. It ain't all right. You got to stop it. You got to worship on God until you can just thank Him. So in the middle of your in the middle of your mess, God, I just thank you. I stand on your word. I thank you, Lord, that because you've taught me to sing in the darkest of night, now no weapon formed against me can prosper. Thank you, Father, that every tongue that rises against me, I know how to condemn. Because I've got your word. Look, look at this. I'm careful for nothing, but I, in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, I, I go ahead and let my request be made known unto God. Look at verse 7. And the peace of God which passes my ability to understand, keeps my heart and mind riveted on Jesus. There is a peace that passes my ability to understand. Well, I don't understand how that's going to work. Right. Well, I need to understand. No, that's your problem. Here's all you got to understand. He's bigger than your problem. Here's what you got to understand. He comes through every single time well what if i'm believing for healing and i die say hi to jesus we just move on to the next one hello well what happened it don't matter you said thy will be done not mine but I, and you know until, as long as i got breath i'm just gonna praise the lord why because that's what his word says to do I'm going to demonstrate the enemy's defeat. I refuse to worry about stuff that I can't control. If, if it does, you know what? I just want to break the enemy's back. I, I, I just want to render him power. I want my life to humiliate hell. Have you heard what they're saying? Don't care. Have you, have you looked at what's, don't matter. I, I know that there's time, even guys on my team, it's just frustrating for them. What should we do? I don't know. Should we find out? We've looked into it. How about you just thank God for where we're at and what we got? We need more space. Thank Him for what we've got. What's our next move? I'm ah, thinking about having prayer meeting. Because you need it. What are we going to do about this ec economical crisis? What could you do about it? What are, you, what are you going to do? See, I just choose not to participate in recession. But since you're all invested in it, what are you going to do? How about, we do? how about this? Has it finally come down to this? We got to trust God. Has it finally come down to where we're just going to have to join hands and, you know, we're taking all these other pills. I guess we better take some gospels and see if we can't. Hello? 
Where, are you, where do you go in the middle of your storm? What, what do you turn? Let me go back to where we started. What's the word that you're using to live this life today on? What's the word? What's the word? The things coming against your body? Are, are you standing you know, on a word that, 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 that promises physical health? Is it against your finances? Are, 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 you, are you using God's word that says, you know what? I will supply all your needs according to my riches in heaven. Uh, 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 you know, you got family issues. Uh, have you, uh, are, you, are you using God's word? Are you, have you connected to another belief system that's contrary to God's word, found reasoning to wrap it in so it's easy to hang on to? Anybody, anybody, listen, any dead thing can float downstream. It's going to take a little bit of life and energy and resource to swim upstream. And I know that going against the current is not always easy. But I'd rather take all I got and go against the current and get where God wants me to be than to float downstream like a dead fish. Hello? It, you, God's got more for you than T-shirts and bumper stickers. He's got a position of incredible peace past your understanding that'll keep your heart and your mind riveted on him it'll cause the production of god's promises to occur in your life on a daily basis if you can just break your habit of worry and move into a new one make a choice i'm going to worship instead I'm just going to put my eyes on Jesus. I'm just going to trust the word. I'm going to get into the Bible. And I'm going to find a promise that will pull me through my current problem. You know what's really cool about changing this is it doesn't take years. We're, we're, we're not talking about several months of working to, to, to change a, a, a process. We're, we're not even talking about, you know, several days of intense study. No, you know what we're talking about? We're talking about several minutes. I'm serious. This is so crazy. It just does not. You know what? There's, an, there's another contrary belief system that says this is going to take a while to break this thing down now. No, no, no. The Bible says if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, boom, you're saved. Well, don't you know what salvation is? It's total salvation. It ain't that your name's just written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that there's a new name written now in glory, hallelujah, and it's mine. It's not a song that we sang. It, you know, no, salvation, total salvation, sozo. It includes the peace of God. It, it includes the provision of God. It includes mind, soul, body, wellness, wholeness from the floor up. Oh, baby, it only takes a little bit of time to, to, to just paralyze the power of worry. All I got to do is say, wait a minute. I see what you're doing to me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nope. I got to get my mind off of that. You know, we go back and do this. This. Uh, yeah, I got like four minutes. Let, let's do let, let's do this. Um, this just this little, uh, what do you call it? Uh, exercise. Let, let's do this. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to pick a number in your head and start counting upward. Okay. Just in it, when I tell you to, just in your head, that means not out loud. Okay, not out loud. Just start counting. And while you're counting, I'm going to give you a moment to count from any number you want. Just It doesn't matter. Just go up. And, and, the, and then when I ask you to, I want you to answer the question that I'm asking, but answer that out loud, which means not in your head. Okay, so you're counting upward. And when I ask for what I'm going to ask for, and you know, you'll know the answer. It's not a trick question. When I, when I ask what I'm asking for, just give me the answer out loud. Okay, you ready? In your head, start counting. 
What's your name? Some of you guys, you're so disobedient and rebellious. Okay. The people who answered, what happened to the counting? Stopped. Why? Because you can't think and speak, you know, it counter contradictory thought. So when the enemy comes with a thought that you know is against God's word, how do you stop it? By speaking God's word. So you just start confessing with your mouth. You, you know, you start to worry about something. Stop. I can't worry. Let's just praise the Lord. Whatever it takes. Okay, what's it, what's it going to take? Hallelujah. In, in your world, what's it going to take? And get something coming out of your mouth that is in agreement with what he said. And i got to tell you something. In just a few seconds, you'll break the power of worry over your life. I will worry no more. I said, I will worry. Look at somebody and say, I will worry no more. Look back the other way. Say, no more worry. I'm free. Amen. Come on, give God a hand. Thank Him. Father, thank You. Set us free right here, right now. Thank You, Lord. Amen. Close your eyes, bow your head. Let me pray for you. In just a minute, we're all going to pray a prayer together. It's what we would call the sinner's prayer. Everyone's going to pray it out loud. We're not going to do anything to embarrass you or call you out. But if you're here today and you do not have a relevant relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not, well, I've prayed that prayer before. That's not what I'm asking. You're here today and you don't have a relevant relationship with Jesus Christ. And you say, you know what, Pastor Tom, today I want to begin something new, something real, something alive. If that's you, would you just very quickly hold your hand up while no one's looking around? Let me see your hand. Say, include me in this prayer. Thank you, ma'am. You can put it down. Include me. Thank you, sir. Include me in this prayer. I want to start fresh today. We're in a relationship with God. Today is my day. If you're sitting there wondering, I wonder if that's me. Let me answer. Yes. It's you. Just raise your hand. Let us include you in this prayer. Again, we're not going to call you out. We're not going to embarrass you. We're all going to pray together. But today, you're ready to start something new, something fresh, something real, something relevant, a real God in your life. Total surrender. You ready? Everybody in this room, say this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love, your acceptance, your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me strength. Give me hope. Give me vision. I will live for you every day of my life. Say, thank you for saving me, setting me free. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's stand and give the Lord a hand. One more hand. He's worthy. Father, we just love you. We appreciate you. Celebrate life today. Celebrate life today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just before you go, you raised your hand. You're serious. Uh, uh, through the door here on your right is into the family room. They got literature for you. There's people that will continue to pray. If you're here today and you got other needs, whatever, just need somebody to get in agreement with you, head to the family room, take a few minutes, let them minister to you. Uh, don't, don't forget your kids when you go today. It's really hot. They're going to get tired later, so you want to grab them, take them. But before you go, let me just pray for you. If you're here today and you say, you know what? God's dealing with me about worry. I just want you to reach your hands towards heaven. I just want you to say this with me. Say, I am free. Come on, let's say it together. I 
am free. One more time. I am free. Let's shout it. I am free. Father, I thank you today that you have liberated us. You have freed us from the power of fear. That worry is no longer a part of our lifestyle. And every time our mind begins to meditate the wrong thing with our mouth, we're going to begin to say the right thing. We're going to speak your word with our mouth and we're going to break the enemy's control to keep us out of the walk of faith. And Father, we just thank you that as we walk in faith, nothing is impossible with you. So Father, we just thank you that every promise, every rhema is going to come true, it's going to produce fruit, and we are going to share it everywhere we go. Thank you for God life, Zoe life, being alive and well, and we give you the glory and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, give somebody a high five. Tell them, I'm living Zoe style.